Hello, and welcome to another edition of the usually serviceable, hopelessly miscast, which Chip is not, but he is here with us, podcast from your friends at GCT. We have myself and Brian today. Yep. So, um, and we do have Chip and one of his prehistoric friends. Yes. So anyone who's been by the office and seen Chip with said prehistoric friend, you know what's happening right now. Yep. So that's why Frank is making a face behind Brian. It's a pterodactyl time. That's what time it is. Exactly. So <laughs> it, there, there's messages being relayed from the helicopter down to Joe on the ground. That's right. <laughs> so, anyway, enough inside references. So uh, we have been taking, we took a break for a little while, for a couple of weeks. So um, we're recording this on Wednesday, August 3rd. So you'll probably hear it on the 4th or 5th, somewhere around there, maybe. Um, so, uh, things going on here at GCT. Um, we are in, right now, we're in the middle of a run of a show called Puffs, mm-hmm. which is uh, a student production put on by many of our uh, student population yep. from of various ages. Um, if you hold a ticket to the second weekend of that show or you are keeping up with our social media, you would see that um, this coming Friday the 5th was supposed to start our second and final weekend of that run. We have now pushed that back one week to the 12th through the 14th. So if you are listening to this and you want to see it, you would be getting tickets for that weekend if you're listening and you already hold tickets. uh, Now you know, so feel free to call the box office. Or, uh, you know, email through the website. Or if you can just, you know, the tickets have been moved to the same seats, if I'm right. Correct, um, yeah. The same seats just a week later. So, yeah. you know, if you're at, you had Friday the 5th, you now have Friday the 12th. Same seat you had before. Yep. So if you're good with that, you don't need to call us. We'll just move it for you. Yeah, no, we're actually, Gappy's been doing a wonderful job calling all ticket holders. So if you have a call from a number you don't recognize... Um, it's probably calls. her. So, that's someone you need to answer. Okay. Um, so yeah, come see Puffs. Uh, it's it's a great production. Students do a great job. Our next production following that will be uh, our first. We'll call say adult show of the season, which is Smoke on the Mountain, uh, which will be running in September. I don't remember the opening date. Uh, that would open on September 9th, and it runs through September 26th. There you go. So come out and see that, followed by an inspector calls in October. That's right. So uh, great shows. We, you know, this is us starting season 51 in earnest right now. So we look forward to seeing you out here, and we hope that um, – oh, the reason – I mean, we can say the reason why this weekend's run of Puffs is pushed back is because – there's been some COVID in the cast. So out of, out of an abundance of caution, if nothing else, that's why we're moving back. So, Well, honestly, we wouldn't have had enough actors to yeah. uh, perform this week. because Right. It's a Manning thing, too. Yeah. So, so. Anyway, so um, that was my strip stumble, trip stumble and fumble attempt to say what's going on. But let's move on to some features. So this is, you know, we'll call this room in the back. Uh, Brian's got a couple of features for us today to lead off. That's so, right. That's right. What do you uh, have for us today? The first Brian? is uh, Dear Paul. Uh-oh. Uh oh. And uh, back to the the Q and A, huh? Yeah, and this is uh, Paul gives theater advice to young actors. All right. Yes, I love it. All right, we have a a letter written in by a fake person that I'm making up. Let's call by Chip him. Everson. No, let's call uh, let's call this Timothy. Or Steve. Let's call him Steve. Man Steve, Steve writes in and says, Dear Paul, I am currently on stage and enjoying the role that I am currently playing. However, the person that I play opposite with most of the show tends to have extremely poor breath. Oh. I don't want to embarrass this person or make them feel bad, but it's tough for me to stay in character when I'm distracted by the bad halitosis I have to deal with when we're in close proximity on stage. Okay. How should I handle this, Paul? Please help. Well, 
This is a this is a uh, very complicated question. I feel like Marcus probably wrote this during Bright Star, and you just held on to it since he had to be up near me. Um, but that was more alcohol breath, not halitosis. That's uh, actually uh, Emily Draffin wrote it in about Marcus. So. <laughs> Sorry, Marcus. What you know? We, just kidding. We, we had to ring you up for that one. We had no no complaints in Bright Star. Yeah. So, um, okay. So, what advice would I give said person? Uh, well, I would probably say, um, if I was, I'll give two answers, not to cop out, but two answers. Any normal human being would probably say, which of course that does not include me, would probably have a nice, honest, but diplomatic conversation with them and say, you know, Kev, you know, could you possibly, you know, address this? I'm not sure of exactly the wording because, again, I'm not normal people. Um, or what probably would happen with normal people, especially if they're not confrontational, is they would go to the director, the stage manager, someone who's on the staff of the show and say, how, you know, they, can you help me address this through a conversation or something? Now, what I would do in this case is I would start by leaving a bag of breath mints at the person's station in the dressing room. If we were not all the way to the run yet or dress rehearsals, then I would just see where where they're sitting and oops, whoops, I dropped breath mints out of my hand on the way by where they're sitting. And if they don't get the hint from that, then I would probably put about five of them in my mouth. And as I got close to them, I would say, hi, how are you? So that maybe they'd get the hint of, wow, that breath is really strong, but not bad. It's good strong. Uh, and then if none of that worked, then I would, you know, go slug down a couple of drinks and then lose the inhibition to say, Brian, your breath, I'm using you as hypothetical, Brian, your breath, not doing it for me or anybody else. It's especially not working for you. So... Here, do better. I'll, I will buy you some Mentos gum, whatever. Just address it, because I can't take this anymore. Does that answer your question? I think so. Do you know that 7-Up is light and refreshing? Of course you do. Do you know that 7-Up has no caffeine? Of course you do. Do you care? Of course you do. 7-Up, crisp and clean and no caffeine. Never had it? Never will. Mm. Now don't you feel good about 7-Up? Of course you do. <laughs> don't you feel good about 7-Up? <laughs> Second feature today, one thing we've discussed on the podcast multiple times over our uh, two years of doing this, is jukebox musicals. Okay. And, Hot uh, topic. I personally love a good jukebox musical, and I have a list of ten jukebox musicals that don't exist yet. Uh, and oh, the question to you is, should they exist or should they not? So take it or leave it. These 10 musicians should have jukebox musicals based off their catalog. Panic at the Disco. Would that make a good jukebox musical? Their music. Hmm. I, I would say on that one, I, my personal opinion is potentially I would not do it now. I think it's too early. Um, only because I think they do have Panic at the Disco, knowing I say they, it's really just the, the one lead guy and then whoever whoever he decides to put in there. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, you know, a lot like Nine Inch Nails or something like that. Uh, I, I think potentially, but I would not do it now. I'd wait maybe continue let the same power occur and give it ten more years. Okay. What about George Michael? Uh, yes, I think that would totally work. Um, because there's a lot of social themes that you could tie into it. And I think that th it that would be one that also could get screwed up really quickly. Sure. Um, because, you know, it. I think you'd, you would definitely have to, it, it would be fascinating to see. 
I almost wonder if that would work better as a, like a movie biopic. Mm-hmm. Um, so more because, of a, a biographical type jukebox musical instead of another story being told. Right. That's, uh, yeah, I mean, I think Panic would, you could keep it kind of light and airy uh, for the most part, at least from what we know publicly. George Michael, I think, I think if you don't address the deeper themes of some of the things that were going on with him and his life and some of the people around him, then you're sort of, even if it's a fictional story using him, it's, uh, I think it glosses over too much. Okay. For my taste. How about this one? Coldplay. <laughs> um, well, I mean, that's... Uh, I think that someone will try it. I wouldn't like it. Okay. Uh, just because I I really enjoyed Coldplay's early music. Yeah. Yellow, I feel the like, yellow era, I guess. Yeah, yellow, you know, Rush of Blood. Mm-hmm. I think X and Y got kind of panned, but I liked it, actually. Okay. Um, by the time they got to Viva La Vida, it's... Uh, I think that they were trying to branch out, and after that, since then, I feel like they've kind of just said, okay, yeah, we tried that. You know, it was a polarizing album for fans. We're not going to do that anymore. Hmm. I'm sure someone would say, oh, they still do take risks. I don't think so. I don't listen to them anymore. I mean, it's... So, yeah, personally, I would say I wouldn't want to see it. I think someone could do it and do it probably well, but I don't know that... I mean, you could find enough in their catalog to make an upbeat jukebox musical out of them. Yeah. But I, I think that it, you know, the, to me, again, personally speaking, their earlier stuff that was a bit more introspective and songs that were not all, you know, and I know this, this is not even recent, but I wouldn't want a bunch of sky full of stars type songs in there. Okay. So, and I think that's what a jukebox music musical would do. Uh, next one, I think, is kind of obvious, at least to me, of the list that I have. This is from WatchMojo.com. Um, like, yeah, that makes total sense. Prince. Oh, yeah. that's that, that would be, yes, that one would be a winner. And I think people would, it could also, like any of these, get screwed up real easy. But sure, yeah. I think that there's definitely enough out there. And I think it, it would probably, you could print money. Uh, people going to see yeah, it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, given who's in charge of his estate now, and you know, he he was famously didn't want his music used in commercials, or you know, very private individual has whole whole albums that have never been heard because he just viewed his music as very private. Right. Um, but so much just so good, it would clearly be an amazing musical, and so many options to choose from. Uh, so it is a bit surprising given the. Uh, desire to cash in on his music that the current estate holders have that it's not happened yet. Right. Well, and that's that's where I was going to go. My, you know, is that I I wonder how they would treat it. You know, if, if they haven't done, maybe they have. Maybe they've been offered that. I'm sure someone has offered the concept of that. It feels, yeah. So and maybe it's in development. Who knows? Possibly. Um, Fleetwood Mac. What do you think about a Fleetwood Mac Broadway musical? Or at least featuring their music. Uh, I th- I think you could come up with a lot of great topics, uh, a lot of great musical topics or themes from Fleetwood's catalog. Uh, if it's a show about Fleetwood Mac, that's that to me falls in the same category as George Michael. Mm-hmm. I think a you know some sort of biopic is more appropriate. Um, you know what I would what springs to mind is I would love to see a jukebox musical uh, that is it only focuses on the romances within the band. Okay. Because it would obviously have to center on Lindsay and Stevie, more than likely. Sure. But you've got, you know, Christy McVie and her romance, you know, with Mick and some other guys and it's I think the romance in and surrounding the band you could make a very compelling jukebox musical out of it. Okay. Celine Dion. Oh my god. <laughs> That's uh, we just we don't have to discuss. Could it. you make one? Is yes. That, would I see it? My dead corpse 
would not allow to be dragged <laughs> to see that. Next. Uh, this is an interesting one. Um, Pink Floyd. As a Pink Floyd fan, I'd say no. Okay. You don't, I don't, you don't think need it works. Okay. I think if, if you ever, any Pink Floyd fan would probably riot. Any real one. I would not riot, but because I don't enjoy all their songs, but enough of their catalog that, yeah. What about Madonna? <laughs> That's another one I'm surprised. I'd be like Prince. I think I'm surprised they haven't done one yet. Yeah, I think um, her catalog is it's pretty strong for it. There's a lot yeah. of good songs that would make great sense with harmonies and stuff. You could just you could take singular songs of her career and make a musical out of out of the concept of the song, like Papa Don't Preach or Like a Prayer or something like that. Mm-hmm. But so I think you could frame something around have a central song and then have other songs in there. You know, it's, it's about like a virgin, mm-hmm. or I think you'd want to go further down the catalog than that. So let's say like a prayer or a Vogue or something like that. And you could say, okay, the, it's called Vogue. Vogue is the central theme song, but we also do scenes where she's troubled and she sings, you know, uh, um, what's the song from At Close Range? Um, Tale to Tell. You know, or something like that, and you have a La Isla Bonita scene. You know, all all those. But yes, I think that would be compelling. Hmm. I'd see it. Uh, two left. Next is the police. <laughs> Ooh, that I don't know that you'd get a lot of happy out of that one. Um, I think it would make a. a I, I would be fascinated to see how they treat it. Um, you'd have to have a lot of lot of fighting in it. I think it would be like a. It would be sort of take the few moments of tension out of Million Dollar Quartet, and that's the whole show of the police. <laughs> you have Andy standing in the middle of the stage and Stuart and Sting at opposite ends talking through Andy or just flat out yelling at each other. Well, could you see a police... Ju- ju- what came to my mind immediately was uh, a story centered around a serial killer. And do murder by numbers? Yeah. I could see that. You could throw the whole Synchronicity album in there. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'll say this. I, I would, if they're going to make something like that, and I don't wish him dead at all, trust me, they better wait till Sting's dead. <laughs> because if they don't, he would get involved and it would turn into a, a jukebox musical about Sting. Sure, and yeah. He, the first 20 minutes would be the police and the next two and a half hours... Would, would be, be all sting Dream all of the Blue Turtles and Ford. Ah, okay. It would be Sting music. All right, the last one. Again, besides um, Prince, one that makes perfect sense to me, uh, Elton John. There's no true Elton oh, yeah. John music, jukebox musical. While he did write a lot of Lion King music, um, ex- exclude that because he wrote that for the Lion King specifically. But you look at his catalog. Totally. That's a no-brainer. The sweeping passes songs take uh, yeah that's another one because i mean he is so closely associated with broadway already that there's not one i'm shocked there's not already yeah, so since you say it i mean it's yeah there and there's so many songs you could center it around of his catalog yeah you know so yeah that that one's that's an easy one i'm, I'm shocked it's not out there already i mean we already had the movie we had rocket man mm-hmm. so of this list and uh a jukebox musical that was not mentioned but I would love to see someday is the uh, a jukebox musical musical kind of centered around grunge music because there's not it wouldn't necessarily be one band but you yeah. know like uh, Screaming Trees Nirvana right Pearl Jam <laughs> that era maybe a little Nine Inch Nails you know it's just yeah. something based off of that you know we've got uh, Green Rock Day of Ages be in there. But yeah it's, I mean I, I, and I don't like I feel like Rock of Ages didn't pick the best songs no. uh, out of that era uh, or even the right bands to some extent. But um, I, I would love to see someone else give an uh, 80s hair band type jukebox musical a chance and see what they could come up with. You know, a couple of quick thoughts there too that add on to that. As far as a grunge one, yes, because I think the 
the prime audiences of jukebox musicals, you're right in the age range now yeah. that it would sell very well if you put it out in the next five to ten years. Yeah. Um, and I think you could you could get into some some what what people our age range would consider deep tracks. Yeah. Um, well, you, you, or something that you don't hear anymore on the radio. I mean, it's and with grunge to me, I I would be. I mean, I, because of our ages, I think we're a little more purist than someone who's even 10 years younger than we are but likes that 90s music. Mm-hmm. Because to me, grunge, you know, never mind was released in 91. Yeah. Grunge was really not, I mean, that song blew up, but people didn't really think grunge of grunge until 92, 93. That's when it was really blowing up. Um and everybody, you know, you were starting to hear it on every radio station. Um, so to me, I would think you'd have to limit it. To keep it as a true 90s grunge musical, it would have to be limited to like 91 to 96. Okay. Because once you got past that, you started getting more into the Ricky Martins of the world. Oh. Um, who were not cool with grunge crowds. I'm not saying that. It's just more like grunge... Grunge became so ingrained, it was like, okay, it, it was it was like when people say rock and roll burst on the scene, it was its own thing. Grunge, you know, kind of got assimilated in by the mid mid the latter half of the 90s, to me. Yeah. Uh, well, and I think even its beginning kind of got confused, shall yeah. we say, with the end of glam metal, uh, because to some extent the, it was all... Long-haired guys playing. I mean, the sound was clearly different, but I, I think the feel, at least initially, it was hard for your casual music goer to be like, "Oh, this is completely different from glam slash '80s hair bands." Right. Well, and you had you had artists, and um, you know, I'll say probably you know music journalists and people of that type back when they made a lot of music magazines and things like that who it seemed at the time were trying to uh, stand on grunge's head and not allow it to come up. Yeah. It's like they saw it as a less pure form of rock, and they were like, no, no. So it was, I remember, you know, it's like people say about, you know, what do rock, what do music critics hate? You know, one of the things they hate above all else is progressive music. Mm. And grunge was progressive at that time because... Nobody was doing that. Yeah. Um, now they like glam metal and hair bands. They were using distortion to an extent. They were using rock sounds, but grunge was a different way of using it. Yeah. Yeah. So another another one other thing is I was going to say is if you know Rock of Ages, I have a lot of issues with it. I would like to see them do a you know someone else do a hair hair band show because I think it'd be fun. Uh, another 80s jukebox musical I'd love to see is a uh, like an alternative 80s, you know, type of uh, new wave, first wave music. Oh, yeah, new wave. You're you sure. know, and there's plenty to go around. I mean, things like, you know, and I'm, not, I'm not talking deep, deep cuts. We're talking like Flock of Seagulls, Tainted Love, you know, things like that. Um, songs that, you know, you could make a one-hit wonder show out of 80 songs. Sure. Just 80s. We know there is a show out there called One Hit Wonder. Yeah. And it's got some 80s songs in it, but... but yeah, it's it's all over. It's aughts. Yeah. I think it even has some in 2010 yep. as well, but yeah. So I'd love to see a first wave type of uh, jukebox music, or just a musical with those songs in it. Yeah. So, anyway. All right. Well, that's uh, that's all I have for today, so... Okay. Um, well, I have one other feature to go along with... Uh, to give you okay. so uh, this is you know kind of a game but it's not you're not there's no losers um so this is um only the listeners only the <laughs> listeners are losers today yeah so exactly if you're listening yeah sorry but uh we think this is fun and that's what yeah. matters so um anyway so Brian and I today happen to be watching some old game shows as we're kind of dorky and we watch that stuff or at least I turn it on on we enjoy them. He enjoys it, but yeah, um, love me some prices, right? Yeah, saw uh, an old commercial from the '90s, I guess, mm-hmm. um, talking about a collection of light country songs. <laughs> yeah, 
It's good stuff. And it kind of struck me with the idea of, I remember growing up, one of the things I heard my granddad talk about was how many funny uh, song titles there are that are that at the time were considered country. And a lot of them, he's you know, he was like country and country western, old school country music and church music, a lot of times went hand in hand. They yeah. were very synonymous with one another. So you hear titles that you would hear now and go, that's a church song. That's not a country song. Back in the when it was recorded, it was both. Yeah, well, most of your big country artists of the fifties and sixties would have full, full on gospel albums. I mean, yeah, Elvis. Elvis had. Yeah, he did that too. So uh, I mean, that was kind of common practice back then. Just it was songs that were already written, easy to get musicians because most musicians of that era knew how to play those songs. So it was a honestly quick buck. You know, right? And of course, in keeping with the theme, the phone rings. <laughs> Do we need to answer it? Uh, no, we have. I mean, it's uh, we is, have uh, Gabby will yeah. handle all of the calls. Good job, the, Gabby. The box office is closed officially at this time. So, so, um, so what I found is a, a list, and we're not going to get through the entire list today. It's it'll be an ongoing feature, but I'm going to kind of play bracketology with it. So. I will let you, you know, because by the time we get back around to the winners, I feel like you will say, oh, now I remember you saying that one. So I'm <laughs> going to give you two song names, and you pick your favorite of the, the, of the two. Okay. These Is there some, classic country or soft country? It's the, let me uh, give an actual citation for the, uh, so it's from a website called tonmeister.ca, and it's, uh, what's the title? The best of the worst country western song titles. Oh, okay. There's a hundred and three of them on this list. Oh my. Okay. So, this this like this is why we won't get through. And them I'm all picking today. the worst title, or the you're one? picking the one that you think is the funniest. Okay. Gotcha. So we'll call it the best, the best of the worst. Okay. So here's your first two. Uh, and these are long names. Some of them are long names, so be patient. Okay. Drop kick me Jesus through the goalposts of life. Okay. That's the first one. Uh-huh. And the second one Starting is... strong, aren't we? Get your biscuits in the oven and your buns in the bed. Um, we are off and running. Wow, there's two very different connotations with those songs. Um, one is a religious song and one is a... Uh, I'm yeah. in need of some gratification. Some biscuits song. and something else. Yeah. Um, and I did not reorder these. This is in the order he put them on the list. I would have to go with the biscuits just because I find it amusing. I, what would what would uh, your lovely wife say if you said that when you got home? Um, she would... After she gets done laughing. Uh, she No, she wouldn't laugh. Um, she would just stare at me and walk away <laughs> in silence. That's all that would happen there. <laughs> oh, so... You'll, okay. Are you it high? Gets, That's it gets better here. So Okay. Here's the next two. Get your tongue out of my mouth because I'm kissing you goodbye. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't find these sooner. And here's the next one. <laughs> her teeth were stained, but her heart was pure. <laughs> um, that one's just gross. So I'm going to want to get, you, get your tongue out of your mouth. I know. I'm just assuming it's stained from coffee and cigarettes. I would hope. I don't want to know what the other stains are. Um, you know, it, Ooh. We're going to move along from that. <laughs> oh, it's a Ray Stevens song. Get your tongue out of my mouth because I'm kissing you goodbye. So it's, oh, it's of, a course, of course song. it's Ray Stevens. Yes. Yeah. We saw a commercial for him, too. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> we need to go back and when we get down to like the last, the top five, we need to listen to all of them. Yes, absolutely. So here's your next two. Okay. How can I miss you if you won't go away? That's a good good one. Yes. And here's the next one. This is long. (laughs) How can you believe me when I say I love you when you know I've been a liar all my life? No, the first one. (laughs) That's just too long. I don't want you to have to read the second one again, so we're just going to go with the first one. Yeah, you study long, you study wrong. So here's you'll like this one. I've I've been roped and thrown by Jesus in the Holy Ghost Corral. It's probably on speed play at your parents' house. No, it's um, as it's <laughs> That's right. I forgot. It's not acapella. <laughs> I know what I'm picking here. The second one is, 
I changed her oil, she changed my life. Yeah, we're going with that one. <laughs> what was that for? I've been roped and what? I've been roped and thrown by Jesus in the Holy Ghost Corral. These are just so. No, cool. it's, it's so obscure that uh, it's not on YouTube. So. Yeah, I mean, some some of these sound like you know songs that you'd hear now. So as we get further down the list, here's your next two. I don't know whether to kill myself or go bowling. Okay, that's yeah, real uplifting. Oh, or I fell in a pile of you and got love all over me. Chip, did you write that one? I don't like either one of those. <laughs> uh, because but I, you have to pick one. I don't. I don't think it's appropriate to joke about suicide. Something goes like. Yeah, I agree. So uh, just, that's just a gross way of expressing love. <laughs> okay, go ahead. I guess some country artists didn't think so. Here's the next two. Okay. I flushed you from the toilets of my heart. Okay. Sounds like Ray Stevens. Yeah, and the next one is I keep forgetting that I forgot about you. Um, I got. I would pick the flushed. Yeah, I think so. Oh no, no, Johnny Cash wrote the toilet song. Flushed you from the bathroom of your heart. Yeah, you uh, definitely don't want that. One. Okay, yeah. That, yeah, Philip Heinbook, if you're listening, I'm sure you're sitting there going, that's a Johnny song! Yeah, yeah. So, uh, hopefully, um, Big River Crossing will add that to their next set list. That would be great. Yeah. It's only two two minutes and 20 seconds. Yes, we're going to make a motion for that when we see him again. Yeah. So here's your next two. I want to whip your cow. Okay. Or I would have written you a letter, but I couldn't spell yuck. I'm going to go with cow, because I enjoy cows. Do you enjoy whipping cows? I mean, if you had to. no comment. <laughs> okay, you like cows. I mean, I like steak and burgers. I, yeah, I did. Too. Does that count? I mean, so I would whip your cow and footballs. Your cow. Uh, Ooh. I want you... to whip your cow. Okay. okay. Yeah. So who who's who sang that one? Um. John Thompson and Martin Pearson. Okay, a couple of upstanding guys. Yeah, those are our aliases. Uh oh. Yeah, that's Laverne, spam. Tennessee, spam capital of the United States. So we got three more of these combos. Okay. I wouldn't take her to a dog fight because I'm afraid she'd win. Okay. I like uh, that one. Or uh, that's probably gonna win because the next one. I'd rather have a bottle in front of me than a frontal lobotomy. Yeah, we're gonna go with the first one. Yeah, the second one's sad. So. We don't like sad here, unless I'm ranting. Uh, I'm just a bug on the windshield of life. Okay. And I'm the only hell Mama ever raised. That's a uh, that's a popular one. I never heard it. Which one do you choose? Uh, I'm all, I'm the only hell Mama ever raised. Johnny Paycheck. Yeah. There you go. It's a good so song. Here's your last couple. Uh, I've been flushed from the bathroom of your heart. Did we just do that one? I, that was the Johnny Cash song. No, that was I flushed you from the toilets of my heart. Oh, okay. This one says I've been flushed from the bathroom of your heart. Okay. It says it's different, so. Uh, They're oh very goodness. similar. You might pick that one because the second one's a little bit like the pile. I've got the hungries for your love and I'm waiting in your welfare line. Okay. I, I don't even know when I think of titles like that. Uh, I'm gonna go with the, the toilet one again. Yeah. So, you want, you want one more combo? Sure. Okay. So, if love were oil, if love were oil, I'd be a court low. Okay. And then the last one, if I can't be number one in your life, then number two on you. No, 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 no. The first one. That one. Oh come on. No. Uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> Buck Owens wrote Waiting in Your Welfare Line. Nice. So, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Buck. I mean, I, I just, I remember the first song I ever heard my granddad play that he was like, see, oh, wow, that's loud. 
Okay. There you go. Yeah. So, um, my granddad said he played a, a, a song that I was laughing at because it was uh, all the girls get prettier at closing times. Oh yeah. He said, you know, went to bed with a ten, woke up with a one. So it's like, yep, I like that stuff. So that's that for feature for today. Gotcha. Um, I figured you'd like fun. that one. Yeah, I, I like some old country. I don't like new country, but I appreciate. Well, the song titles are just gold. Uh, you know, hey, I'd much rather listen to any of those song titles than uh, modern country right now. You got that so. right. Modern country is not country, so it's just garbage. Yep. So, uh, so next feature is, and I'm waiting for it to actually pull up the website. So, uh, did we already do this one? Yeah, I think we did. So, never mind. Moving on to, uh, it's time for Florida Report. Florida Report. It's New music. Wow. Uh, this one's special. This happened very recently, July 27th, 2022, so within the week. Uh, Brevard County, Florida, in Ocala, man, has been arrested after stealing a car in an attempt to access Patrick Space Force Base. Okay. Okay. Well, that's, that's Never been little, there, but that was in weird. Space Command when I was yeah, in the Air Force. We're, we're going, trying to get into Space Force. Yep. Space Force. Um, but it, it gets better. According to the Brevard County Sheriff's Office, Corey Johnson, 29, stole a truck in Riviera Beach before heading north to the base three days later. While trying to get into Patrick Space Force Base, Johnson claimed that the president told him, through his mind, Oh. that he needed to steal the truck to warn government officials about U.S. aliens fighting Chinese dragons. I'd love to know which president he's talking about. I would assume it's... Well, yeah. who knows? It's Florida. Yeah, let's it's not go Trump. there. Uh, Johnson was arrested and booked in Brevard County Jail. He's been charged with grand theft of a motor vehicle. All right. This dude says he's 29. He looks like he's about 50 years old. So. <laughs> He's had, a, he's had a tough time. Yeah. And let's hope he gets off the drugs that he is currently on and gets the help he needs. So that candle's been burning bright for quite Ooh, some time. Man. But yeah. Which means yeah. it only burns half as long. So, yeah. No, that's a good one. I mean, um, unless he's the only one. And if, if there's suddenly a, a battle between aliens and dragons, uh, we will know that Corey Johnson is a time traveler and not a crazy person. So. Yeah, so he, if he's proved right, then yep, we'll figure that out. It sounds a little like Don't Look Up or something like yeah, that. Yeah. So, Space um, Force. <laughs> yes, good drop there. So uh, since that was kind of a joke, uh, let's move on to dad jokes. Dad jokes. I know people have really been missing these. Listen up, Jude. They love the dad jokes. Hell yeah. So here's one. Okay. It's almost a riddle. What did the movies The Titanic and The Sixth Sense have in common? Uh, you see dead people? I see dead people. Okay. It's pretty good. Yeah. Maybe it's too easy. Uh, it's okay. It was a dad joke, so. Yeah. It's funny. I just joined a dating site for arsonists. I've been sending a lot of matches. <laughs> okay, yeah. Someone would find that offensive, probably, but... Eh, maybe. Well, not offensive. More like, uh, just, they didn't like it. Yeah. I can hear a no from so, New York. Yeah. I accidentally gave my wife a glue stick instead of her lipstick. She still isn't talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> now, that one's good. <laughs> I, I would tell that one to a lot of people. So. Oh, and this is a, a dad joke for dads that you and I can both relate to. So my uh, my teenage son treats me like a god. He acts like I don't exist until he wants something. Oh, nice. <laughs> yes, that's uh, lots of dads nodding along. Like, yep. <laughs> and they don't need to be a teenager to no. be doing that. No, no, no. They can be a preteen. That's uh, for sure. So do you want one more? Or? Sure. Okay. Uh, so I just got hospitalized due to, due to a peekaboo accident. They put me in the ICU. <laughs> Frank, what what do you give that one? Ooh. He gives it three oohs out of yeah, five. Yeah, exactly. 
And there's your dad jokes for today. Yes, thank you. Even Sergeant Steve liked those. Yeah. It's for the man named Steve. Man named Steve. So Steve, if you're out there. Um, so, um, and we, have, we haven't even talked about, so in 30 seconds, you know, we're five episodes in. How is What We Do in the Shadows, season four? I dare say it's either it's best season so far or uh, second best, uh, and I would consider season two the strongest season to date. Yep, I would agree. I think it's the jury's still out because we still have... Yeah, we're halfway through, but they've had... Yeah. A lot of real. I mean, the only episode I haven't absolutely loved was uh, fourth one, but the right. fourth one was good. It just wasn't as funny as most of them. Right. But narratively, it was entertaining. Last so, night's episode was just hilarious. Yes, I mean, laugh out loud. Nandor's face alone. Yeah, yeah. was laughs beginning so. to end. So um, now it's time for uh, some closing rants or hands. Do you have one? I feel like I did few days ago and now I can't remember what it was um, I'll let you go okay well and I have I a hand and a rant so okay. I'll start with my rant and then if you think of yours in between then just stop me and we'll, yeah. we'll do that so here's my rant um, because I, you know I'll say that you know I, I've been I'm 47 years old um, I've worked in some different career fields generally done a lot of the same types of things but i've jumped around and i feel like i've gotten to see different a lot of different styles of you know people their work ethic Uh, i've definitely seen a lot of styles of leadership and management because i am a person who does not believe they are the same thing Mm -hmm. there are times there is a lot of overlap but they're not the same thing you can be a great manager and suck as a leader and vice versa um, but I think that the prerequisite, or not the prerequisite, the more important one of the two, if you are in charge of people and resources, is the leadership element. The management, to me, can be trained easier than the leadership. That's not to say that I think, I think leaders are made. Mm-hmm. They don't have to be born. But I think leadership is, you have to get the experiential learning to go with the, the actual academic side of it. Management is more academic in my mind. That said, I am sick and tired of people who are so convinced that they're leaders, dot, 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 but they are not leaders. And I don't mean it's because of some thing that they think, oh, I look behind me and there's people following me, so I must be a leader. That doesn't mean jack shit. That just means that you could be leading them off a bridge. So I'm tired of hearing people talk about they're so great at leadership because they do things like run off other people from a place Mm -hmm. that they don't like. All that is is people got sick of you and said, I'm out of here, is what it generally means. I'm not saying that a leader shouldn't run off bad people. They should. That's part of their job. But I've seen a lot of people who don't run off bad people. They just run off people who don't agree with them. Um, and there's people who are in... So I say all this to say leadership is, because I don't want to go too long on this topic, because I talk for a while, as, as you guys know, but leaders, just because you got put into a leadership position doesn't make you a leader. You, are, you got put in that position, and now you need to act like one. You need to learn to be one. And that is an ongoing process. Just because you got the title and you got the extra pay and the office or the door, whatever you got, it doesn't make you a leader simply because. It's the same as respect. You have to earn it. You know, they will give you position respect because, you know, they know you're you're the boss. However, it much more important is earning the, the other kinds of respect you need as a leader. And if you're going to be a good or even passable adequate leader, you have to be able to do that. And that includes, you know, letting people disagree with you and things like that. Taking alternate opinions, taking feedback, whatever. You don't agree with someone. And yes, this is coming from a place of I'm dealing with a situation with a very good friend of mine who I feel like got run off. 
I know it happens in every company all over the world. So I'm not I'm not naive enough to think, man, my guy was wrong, and that just doesn't happen. It does happen all the time. I've seen it before, but and there's two sides to every story. But when you when I know what I know, and seeing the guy who basically won out, he ain't close to a leader. I'm not the best leader in the world myself, but I feel like I know what I'm doing a whole lot better than this guy. So I may not be saying much, but anyway, that's my rant. Did you do the phone ringing again? Did you think of anything? I, I did, actually. Okay, uh, I'll let you go, and then I'll do my hand. I would say uh, just to kind of, if, I think a good, if, if you're a leader and you're touting the fact that you get rid of people, if the pers- the people you're getting rid of are thrilled that they've been gotten rid of <laughs> and are celebrating the fact that they don't have to come work under you anymore, maybe you're not that great of a leader. I'll just leave it. Excellent point. Um, yes, we. I, you and I talked to you about this a little before, but you know we're here. You know tomorrow, uh, the fourth is a, a local election, and then we got another election in November for state and uh, some more local offices. Uh, it's not okay for people who I don't know how got my cell number start texting me and asking to please support support their candidate. That, no, do not. If you do that, I will take my opportunity to see who you're supporting and vote for the exact opposite person. Don't text me. Don't text me. If if I didn't give my phone number to you directly and say, hey, te- just text me, don't text me. Because uh, otherwise, it's it, I don't want to hear from you. Yeah. And whatever you're hoping to accomplish by you know, randomly texting me, you're going to get the exact opposite reaction. Yeah. Emails are annoying enough. Texts are worse. Yeah. So, yeah, because the text feels closer to you because it's on your phone that you have. Most of us have it close to us. Yeah. Most of the day. My friends and my family text me. That's it. Right. Don't don't te- text me if you don't fit in those categories. So, no, that's a good one. Um, so, lastly, my hand... Um, so it, it had been, I mean, in my mind, it had been a good long while since I had taken a vacation longer than like three days, like a real vacation, uh, went on vacation, uh, left, uh, the Friday before last and was gone for a good nine days. Uh, all but one of those nights was spent, uh, with friends in one of Brian's, uh, love, loved places in Michigan. Uh, we went up and had we have friends that live near Detroit, and we spent a couple of nights up in Mackinac Island, for anyone who knows where that is, um, in between the Upper and Lower Peninsula. And just, it, it was not just because of the weather, which was great, because in Detroit it was in the low 80s every day. And then in Mackinac, it was, the high was 68 the first full day we were there. But just because of the, you know, what we got to do, and just kind of relax and not worry about a schedule or anything like that or we're gonna you know we have to go do these 18 things a day or you have to go on vacation where a bunch of family live so your your time is all locked up it was so refreshing and i got to go back to some places that i had been in my teenage years that i thought i'd never see again but i did and it was i'll say at one point was tear-inducing to be able to do it and to the point where one of my sons thought something was wrong with me and I said no I'm good I just need a minute it's just flooding flooding back so I call it a a catharsis uh, experience just being able to do that Um, I haven't had a vacation that good in quite some time so you know I'm I'd say I was happier coming back from that trip than most of them other than the fact it was expensive, but I knew it was going to be, so I enjoyed it. That probably doesn't matter to anybody listening, but to me it was, you know, it was a very happy moment. So I would, the what I would say to this is, what I would encourage you to do is, if there is a place like that that you hearken back to in your past, which it's made me think of other places like that, it's, it's good to once in a while go back to one of those places and just... Not to, to be like, oh, they tore down that and they built this. 
just to kind of be there, just feel it again. And it was very nice. So that's my hand. Well, I'm glad you had a lovely vacation. Yes. And so now we just, Brian and I have to go together to Michigan. That's right. So in, in a few months. February. Hopefully. Yep. So. Should be fun. Yes. And uh, we will definitely have a good time then as well, despite the fact that it will be cold and snowy. But we're, we're our hearts will be warm, and so will our, you know, our throats from lots of brown liquor. So. And screaming for the Red Wings. Go Wings. I will not be screaming for the Red Wings, <laughs> um, but I will be screaming. So if I will say if they're playing the Predators, they're, I will be not. there in my big yellow jersey. They are not playing the Predators. Who are they playing? I believe it's the Flames. Oh, I'm definitely not rooting for those clowns. So I'll I'll wear a red shirt that night Fair and enough. root for Detroit. Uh, but as a Predators fan, I can't yell too loud, even though we are not in the same division with the Red Wings anymore, not even the same conference anymore. Oh, well, they changed it, huh? Yeah, Detroit's in the East now. So, um, Which makes a lot more sense. Yeah, it does. Kind of like they should have put the Grizzlies in the Eastern Conference a long time ago in the NBA, but they didn't. Um, so, so yeah, we'll, we'll either see Calgary or Vancouver. Okay. Yeah. Screw both of those. Those are Western conference foes. So, um, but yeah, I won't be the guy who wears a completely different shirt or Jersey of neither one of the teams is playing. Um, <laughs> be so, that weirdo. Good. yeah. And I definitely won't be the guy who goes to a hockey game and wears a baseball hat or something like that, like a team. Oh. So that drives me crazy as well. It's like I don't mind you wearing the sports paraphernalia, but you know I don't go to a Grizzlies game and wear a uh, Kobe Bryant Lakers jersey. So anyway, so uh, yeah, good pod. I think yeah. Frank liked it. He always chips asleep. He's done with his dinosaur for now. Yeah, we uh, lulled him to sleep finally. Yeah. The dulcet so. tones of Scott <laughs> exactly. Everson. So. He's, he's dreaming of those country songs. That's right. So he fell in that pile. Yeah. So uh, thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. See you guys. So you're the infamous boss of this shit katana gang, huh? <laughs>